What is good? All of our listeners, welcome to our episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. I'm Liz. And this is the second podcast I've recorded today. This is also the second take we did for that intro. Because Liz clipped the audio. Oh, we did not do it because I clipped the audio. I could have edited that out. My goodness. Because I said college high school and she laughed so hard that the audio clipped. Erps. Erps. But yes, this is the second podcast that I recorded today. Just want to give a quick shout out to Quentin from the greatest show on dirt. It is a baseball podcast. The funniest baseball podcast you'll ever find. Trust me on that. Take my word for it. And he had me on as a guest to talk about the Phillies as well as some video game topics as well as some food topics. So it was mm, a food. food. It was a really good episode. Definitely go check him out. Uh, the greatest show on dirt podcast. You can find it uh, everywhere you find podcasts. So I still have to talk to him about getting on Radio Public. So I, I told He's him. He's not on Radio Public yet. I know. I have to get on that. What's his deal? <laughs> so Liz. How you doing? I'm good. I just had dinner. Oh, it, speaking of food. That's, yeah. So that's what makes you happy is food. food. And I'm going to have one of my fudgy brownies later tonight. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I made brownies yesterday from this really good brown. I got a, this recipe off of Pinterest. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They are so fudgy. Like I had to put them in the fridge so that they would set because they were like falling apart. Yeah, we had uh, a student over too. Uh, one of my students, I he asked like, oh, no, he said that uh, Jared Leto was the best Joker. And I, before I slapped him he in the face. He got in a lot of trouble for that one. Yeah, before I slapped him, I was like, have you ever seen The Dark Knight? He's like, no, I haven't. Don't ever say Jared Leto was the best Joker ever. And then I invited him over because I had the 4K version of Dark Knight. And so I invited him over. She made the brownies. He's like, whoa, these brownies are amazing. I was like, I know. And they're legal, too. And then we watched <laughs> Dark Knight. And he had a really good time with legal brownies. Isn't that a hoot? You're making it sound like they weren't legal brownies. But they were totally legal. Oh, my goodness. They are perfectly normal brownies. Except for the fact that they had <laughs> vegan butter in them. <laughs> I know. It's just like you made it sound even worse. It's like illegal, but um, wink, wink, vegan butter. <laughs> so before we start our first segment, they were illegal brownies. Please trust us. Don't arrest us. Uh, let's talk about our social media pages. You can uh, find us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. Uh, you can follow us there, but you can also follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First, and I promise I will start tweeting more again. And you can follow us there, and please give me more followers than Liz has. She has over a thousand. I if have... it helps, I lost like twenty followers this week for some reason. No, fake followers. Yeah, I know. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, uh, Games and Groceries, all one word. Check us out there. We update you on episodes, and uh, we give you behind the scenes photos as well as some gaming memes. And definitely check out our website. I never say this whenever I say about our website. You can always uh, check out our website. You can uh, listen to all of our podcasts from the website. And uh, I write articles at least once a week. And this past week, I, I wrote about three lessons that I've learned from podcasting. Three lessons I've learned from podcasting after 50 episodes. But what I don't say about the website 
is that it's actually powered by Radio Public. Uh, I'm not sponsored when I'm saying this, but if you're a, if you're a podcast and you're looking for a really good website that's really nice and fluid and uh, meant for podcasts and meant for podcasts, uh, look no look no further. I can speak. There you go. Thank you. Uh, look no further than Radio Public. Uh, they actually offer the website. They power it. They do the format. Uh, they they put up your episodes. So and it's actually uh, cheaper. It's ten dollars cheaper a month than Squarespace. So if you're definitely looking for another website, uh, you know, uh, tweet at me or get some information from Radio Public. But they they really love podcasts. They're there for supporting you. So if you like our website, if you like the way it looks, and you're trying to start a podcast but on the cheap, uh, definitely check out Radio Public's uh, powered yeah. website. And they can contact us on our website too, right? Um. There's a contact section. No, uh, but I did put up my email on the website. Oh, okay. I thought. Excuse me. I thought we had a contact section for some reason. No, not yet. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is that we're coming up on E3 very soon. Yeah. Uh, in the next two weeks? Something um, like that. Yeah, I don't think it's... Yeah. So while you're looking that up, uh, we're planning to do a two-part E3 episode. Part one will yeah. be... Oh, e- no. It's next week. Next week. It's on, it starts on the third, right? Or the second? No. No. It starts on the seventh. Oh, okay. Yeah, not next week, but the following week. Why? Did, I thought it was the first weekend. So the first part will be on the Monday after E3, and that will be talking about EA, Microsoft, Bethesda. And then part two will come out the following Wednesday, and that's everybody else. And we're going to have uh, special voices on each episode, like little voice transitions uh, done by Marcus Graves. Woo-hoo. So uh, look forward to those episodes. There'll be a two-part episode. Uh, series i guess you can call it but yeah look forward to that i think this is a great time to finally get to our first segment movie minutes movie minutes is a segment where we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week whether it be on netflix hulu amazon prime in theaters and we just want to share with you some movies that we watched whether we recommend them or we don't recommend them and this week's movie is coming from netflix so if you have a netflix account we highly suggest you check out the movie The Rover. It's it's called The Rover. It is an independent Australian film uh, starring Robert Pattinson and somebody else. That isn't in America. He must be big yes. in Australia. I c- completely forgot his name. But the reason why we watched The Rover is because uh, we, we watched a, a, a video from The Wolf Den. And Will Wolf was talking about how... If you're really upset about Robert Pattinson being Batman, you need to see the rover and see the kind of performance that Robert Pattinson can pull through. And then you can come back and say, what was the other actor? The other, it was Robert Pattinson and Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, thank you. Um, and come back and tell me that Robert Pattinson can put on a really good performance. So before we get into Robert Pattinson's role here, Let's talk about the movie in general. So, mm-hmm. so, so general thoughts. It was good. Yeah. It was a good movie. It had um, an interesting storyline. It was pretty. It was a pretty straightforward storyline, um, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Nothing extra. Yeah. It was just. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. So, going into the notes here. This is a, a much more dark tone to the movie so the movie starts out 
Uh, you see the rover created by, and then right before you see the opening scene, you see um, 10 years after the collapse, it says. Mm -hmm. It just says 10 years after the collapse, and that's the only explanation you get, right? As to what's going on in Australia. Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah. Uh, so this is a dark indie film, and it starts you off with no exposition at all. Yeah. It, you it, know nothing. Yeah, there's just, no... It just kind of starts. Yeah, there's no voiceover. It's like, 10 years ago, when yeah. I was a young boy. It's not like um, yeah. uh, the Hunger Games where yeah. they have like a little story before it starts. They don't have anything. It's just <coughs> 10 years after the collapse, begin movie. Yeah, it drops you in, uh, but it gives you everything you need to know, right? It, it shows you the mm -hmm. setting. It shows you how people are living. Yeah. Uh, within the first like 20 minutes of the movie, you get to see like how people survive 10 years after the quote unquote collapse. Yeah. Right. Uh, so there's no corny kind of exposition, but I think that it, it's really telling that it's an indie film yeah. because there's a lot of passion behind mm -hmm. it. Not by the quality of the movie, not by any means, yeah. but by the passion. Quality is not bad either, though. Yeah, the quality is great. Um, and that's the other thing. Uh, great job at world building, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm talking about with no expo uh, exposition. It's so great at world building and having you understand how the world is functioning and how people are feeling and how people get their finances, right? And it gives you very little context to this. It just drops you in, but you're invested with the story, mm -hmm. right? So what the story basically is, and I think we can give a quick rundown before, like not spoiling anything. Yeah. Because we highly recommend you go see this movie yeah. on Netflix. Uh, it's about uh, Guy Pierce, right? He, You can see that he's very depressed and, you know, he's got nothing really left to live for. But uh, these people who were going on a heist, right? Their car breaks down right in front of his shop, right? Uh, that's being polite about it. Car breaks down, uh, really breaks down. And they go and they, they need to find another car and they find Guy Pierce's car. And Guy Pierce sees that they stole it. So he goes after them in the other car. But he's going after it like John Wick would go after something, right? Like mm -hmm. he's on a mission, right? And so then uh, ultimately Guy Pierce doesn't get his car back. They knock him out. But the next scene, you see who Robert Pattinson is. Now, Robert Pattinson's character is the, I don't know if he's mentally disabled. I don't know. They don't really touch on that. Mm -hmm. They don't really explain if he's just uneducated. Yeah. Or if he has like a, a mental disability. I think it's just that he's just... He was raised on a farm. Yeah. And, and, so, does, and doesn't have a large education. Yeah. And then you get to see Robert Pattinson's character, who was actually left behind in a heist. Something went wrong. Yeah. They had to leave him behind. And he was uh, the brother of one of the heist people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he gets up and he just goes. Like, he doesn't know what to do. He just has to get out of there. Right. And so you're introduced to Robert Pattinson's character, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say anything more. I'm just going to give you what the story is, why they're trying to get the car back, right? And then you just see how the world functions from there. Mm -hmm. All right. So the most important part, I think we can talk about this. I, I The movie is fantastic. Yeah. But let's talk about Robert Pattinson's uh, performance in this yeah. movie. 
Uh, what did you think of that? Like you being a huge Twilight fan. I was a Twi hard. Yes. I read all the books. I saw all the movies, most of them at midnight releases. And I hated Twilight. But <laughs> considering you've seen Robert Pattinson in the light of Twilight, mm-hmm. didn't mean to say it like that, uh, in that kind of light, how did you think of Robert Pattinson's uh, range in acting between those two films? I mean, I wasn't surprised mm-hmm. um, because I said even before we watched this movie that I had seen one of his other mm-hmm. um, outside of Twilight movies. Do you remember offhand which movie it was? Um, I don't remember the name of it. I can probably look it up real quick, but it's it was probably only a, a year or two after Twilight ended. Mm-hmm. It was he had fall. It was like about he fell in love with this girl like a week before the Twin Towers fell. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't remember the name of it, but I remember that being the basis, that was the basic idea of the movie. Um, and he was really good. I mean, it was still a romance mm-hmm. movie, but he w- I remember that being good. Um, I just, it did, so yeah, it didn't surprise me him being good, but that was definitely another side of his acting that I've never seen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, he did a very good performance because even in twilight and even in his role in harry potter mm-hmm. he um played a very educated person a very right. upscale proper mm-hmm. person and this was like the total opposite he had yeah. to play uneducated dirty mm-hmm. um just not all around not great human being not not like his character wasn't a bad person no no he didn't even yeah um, but just a, the total opposite of not not classy, mm-hmm. um, and he played it amazingly. That I mean, yeah, his his range is so big, and people just judge him for being in a bad movie. And even I, I'm sorry, I have to defend Twilight. The movies aren't terrible. The first one was filmed badly. You don't see my face right now, but I'm like glares <laughs> of judgment right now. But if you just read the books, the books are so much better mm-hmm. and you'll understand why people love the movie because we're giving the movie the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Just because it's based off the books. No. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Here's the thing about uh, what I thought about his performance was it wasn't necessarily his performance was so good that I was just like, yes, he could be Batman. But yeah. it was the range yeah, that this dude Yeah, it just dude showed can, his abilities. You can see, like, what he put, what he kind of, like, put into this character mm-hmm. that you're like, holy cow, this guy can act. Yeah. And keep in mind, Robert Pattinson d- is not a fan of Twilight movies. Like, he did not like them afterwards. He, he went on press conferences, like, really, like, bad-mouthing the movies. He was also on a lot of drugs when he did those interviews. <coughs> I mean, he still didn't like them. I'm just like saying. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing, though. Like, he wanted to leave the Twilight movies, and he wanted to do his own thing, and he, and he did it so well. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the type of performance, you really believed that he was this character. Yeah. And I, and I remember just thinking while I was watching this film that I'm like, you know what? I'm on board with Robert Pattinson being Batman. I like to point out I was on board before I watched this movie. Quiet, you. Now, the other person is uh, Nolt, and I can't remember his name. Nick Nolt? Nicholas Nolt? I think it's Nicholas Nolt. Or Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt is uh, is the other actor. Yes. Uh, who also played Beast in X-Men. 
I am now more of the side of Robert Pattinson. Yes. Right. Because of the the amount he puts into his roles, the amount of uh, of emotion and uh, passion behind mm-hmm. this role. You watch this movie and really focus in on how Robert Pattinson uh, is portraying this character and how much work he's putting behind this. And you can tell that this guy is a professional actor. He's not just some mm-hmm. team heartthrob, right? He he is a professional actor. Now, in the last minute of our segment of Movie Minutes, uh, final ratings, what did you give it? Eight. An eight. Yes. I also gave it an eight. Now, in our rating scales, an eight is a solid film. Mm-hmm. You look at this film, it's not... It's not below average. It's not near perfect. You watch this movie and you walk away from it thinking, you know what? That was a solid story. I don't regret any minute of it. But a seven is like, okay, you know, that was... Could use some improvement. You know, it was decent. I didn't hate it. Yeah. But an eight is like, you know what? That was a good movie. That was a good movie. You know, Um, I wouldn't even give it an 8.5 because there were some times where... Um, you can tell it's an indie film where in, in the way of like the camera holds on to a scene too long. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I eight yeah. good, solid movie. Yeah, definitely not a waste of time. This is on Netflix. It's called The Rover starting Robert Pattinson. Highly recommend watching this before you count him out as Batman. Now, I'm not sure if they said if he actually is Batman or not or uh, Nicholas Holt is or yeah. not. I'm not sure if they confirmed that or not yet, but if you're saying like, no, no Robert Pattinson, watch the Rover. Yeah. Like it's pretty incredible though. The amount of performance Robert uh, really does for this. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's jump into our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we just want to rate it three, two, one, just to keep you informed of what's going on in the gaming industry so that you can keep your eye on things and be like, Hey, those people are ripping me off. Or, hey, maybe I should keep an eye on the game. That sounds swell. And we're here for you. Did Top you take three. speed before we did this? Well, here's the thing. This is why I wanted to record. <laughs> it's because I'm like now in the zone of podcasting after doing uh, the Great Show on Dirt's yeah. podcast. Now I'm in the zone. So now I'm like. Rah. I was on the other end playing Sims for three, four hours. Pretty much. <laughs> so let's start off. With our number three gaming news. Oh, dear. Rumor alert! Love how you got my oh, dear in the beginning of <laughs> on the echo. So it's kind of a rumor, kind of confirmed. Uh, this was uh, set out by BuzzFeed News, but a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic movie trilogy is in the works. Maybe. Now, like I said, BuzzFeed News came out with this. Said they, said they had three sources confirmed that this is a Bioware-based uh, movie trilogy that's been in the works. Bioware, of course, is the great, not-so-great lately uh, game developer who developed Knights of the Old Republic. Now, uh, this is said to be uh, directed or, or sorry, written by uh, everybody's been having trouble with his name. So I don't feel as bad. I wrote this down and I was like, oh, how am I going to say this name? But everybody's been having trouble. Let's give it a go. Laeda Calagridis. Sounds right. Mm, best performance ever. Give me an Oscar. Who also wrote 
uh, Shutter Island, Avatar, and Alita Battle Angel. Angel. So she has some uh, criteria, mm-hmm. right? So she was hired to write the script back in spring 2018, and wow. it's said to almost be done. Uh, I also need to point out that Kathleen Kennedy, um, who is the head of uh, Star Wars right now at Disney, mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy did confirm on Star Wars Day that this, that a studio is developing something to do with KOTOR, with Knights of the Old Republic. So she didn't say what, and this kind of matches up. There's three sources. Uh, it's said to be a movie trilogy. Uh, Laeta is supposed to be writing it. What do you think about all this? Do you think this is confirmed, or do you think this is kind of like a rumor? Um, it sounds pretty confirmed if she was hired last year. Yeah. Um, I think I read that they confirmed that she was hired. Or but that not they, for what story or anything? Yeah. Um, I think in the article that they say, like, she's confirmed that they, they hired her. They just didn't say, like, what she was writing, but mm-hmm. they hired her to write a script back in spring in 2018. But these three sources apparently have said that it's about Bioware's based Knights of the Republic. It's not just, like, you know, an old Republic movie. Yeah. But it's Bioware's uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So, yeah. so you've never played Knights of the Old Republic, have you? Nope. Um, as I pour my tea, that was so condescending. Like I'm staring at her, and I'm pouring more tea, and you're like, mm, "Have you ever played Knights of the Old Republic?" <laughs> um, this had to be, I'm gonna say it, the best Star Wars game to ever come out ever. Fight me. Um, it's it's an excellent RPG set in guess what the older republic uh way before the whole uh star wars movies that you know way way before thousands of years before a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away <laughs> uh, except for it's a long 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 time ago exactly yeah I that's got exactly it. it got it yeah <laughs> um so yeah i'm excited for this if this is true because now here's the, what's interesting and i just thought of this it's a movie trilogy apparently now, what we got was Knights of the Old Republic. We got Knights of the Old Republic 2, but we've been dying for Knights of the Old Republic 3. And I'm thinking now, is this the Knights of the Old Republic 3 we're going to get? It's going to be a movie and not a game that we play. Hmm. Rats, bananas. But I guess we'll see. Like, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I'm not keen on how disney's been handling star wars but i can because they're handling it as a bank yeah but i have invited marcus graves to come on an episode soon uh to talk about the state of star wars so we'll talk about that more then so we'll save that but that is a rumor pretty much you know going going the way we want to but uh let's just go on to our number two gaming news this is exciting for uh ps4 owners if you own a ps4 you're actually in luck. Uh, Sony's actually looking out for you here. Yes. So we confirmed. <laughs> yeah, we confirmed. Sony did confirm, and we did report it on the podcast, that the PS5 will be fully backwards compatible with all of your PS4 games. Mm-hmm. So all those games that you collected, they'll be relevant on the PS5. You'll be able to play them. What's even more is in our number two gaming news, the PS5 will be cross-gen multiplayer with the PS4. That's nice. Yeah, it's it's incredible because um, a lot of times 
you know, you have the PS4, you want to get the PS5, but you want to leave your friends behind. So you just stick behind with the PS4, mm -hmm. right? But what they're doing is they're saying like, listen, if you have a PS5 and a game comes out that's on PS5 and PS4, right? You'll be able to play with your friends. No problem. Yeah. And I told this to my friend or one of our students, Will, who, who plays a lot of Fortnite. Mm -hmm. I never said his name on the podcast. There you go. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, like, you know, you know, like you got a lot of friends and guess what? The PS5. So if anybody goes to PS5, potentially they'll still be able to play with you. Yeah. They didn't confirm if it's like a PS4 game backwards compatible, but I'm assuming that because it's fully backwards compatible with the PS4. Yeah, it doesn't matter what game it is. They should all be able to play. Yeah. So Fortnite, you'll be able to. Uh, makes even more sense with Jim Ryan, who is the, um, I think he's the president of S SIE, uh, saying that the gaming community is somewhat tribal, he says. It's somewhat tribal in the way of like saying like, we're all together, we're all in this, we're all mm -hmm. unified. Um, and it's easier to migrate that community from the PS4 to the next generation if we do this. And this is incredibly important, Jim Ryan says. Uh, the, the, this move will make it much easier. And it was confirmed by Sony themselves that also the PS4 will remain the engine of engagement and profitability for three more years. So it sounds like they're making this transition to the next gen as easy and as smooth, buttery smooth as possible. What do you think about all this? Um, I think it's great that I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't get my all my thoughts. In the in an order in order, um, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's great that they are doing this so that it's everything is working cohesively together, so that people don't feel left out, especially people who don't have enough money to buy a new generation the yeah. second it comes out. Um, so you're not leaving behind kids who don't have the money, or family, or their family who doesn't have the money to buy them the new c console. Mm -hmm. um, so I just. I think it's all great. And I think it's a good step in um, showing the gaming community in a better light. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think it's a, it's a good call by them. Uh, and to say that like the PS4 will remain relevant for three more years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I did talk to, um, did talk to Quentin about this and I said like, Oh, you know, like the best time to get a PS4 is probably in June after E3. And I accidentally said that, like, you're th they're going to announce the PS5 and E3, but they've already confirmed they're not going to talk about it at E3. Mm -hmm. So my bet on that. But I still think a good time to get a PS4 is this summer when markdowns are going to be happening in the summertime. Yeah. After E3 and they want to mm -hmm. get more sales and retailers know that the PS5 are coming. Yeah. So I would yeah. say if you don't have a PS4 yet, you're you're safe to get one. I think you're really set to get one because it's still going to be backwards compatible. It's going to remain relevant for three more years. Yeah. And the PS4 is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're saving up, you might as well just save up a little more and wait till the PS5 comes out. Well, I don't think it's going to come out until like 2021. Really? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Never mind. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so let's move on to our number one gaming news. My former employer, GameStop. Yay, love talking about GameStop. I do. They used to employ me. Um, well, so, sort of. Yeah. Anyways. 
Uh, so GameStop is actually raising the price of the pro membership and taking away the discount for pre-owned games. Isn't that delightful? So what is a pro membership? Explain that first. Okay, so the pro membership, there's there's there was three. There was the basic, the pro, and then the elite, and then the elite went away for some reason. So now there's just the basic and the pro. Uh, the basic membership is pretty much just your standard card that you build up points with, kind of like a subway card. Yeah. But the pro membership, what it was, basic rundown, it was fourteen ninety nine a month, or um, not a month, uh, a year. So it was fifteen dollars <laughs> a, a year. Yeah, you get your Game Informer subscription. You get ten percent off all pre owned games and accessories. Yeah, just games and accessories. You didn't get on pre owned uh, systems. Uh, and there's a bunch of other things like there's pro day sales and, oh, you get 10% more when you trade in. Okay. So there's a lot of benefits to it. Okay. However, um, uh, comicbook.com has reported that this week, the price will go up to from $15 a year to $20 a year. Now I know you're saying to yourself, like it's $20 a year. Who really cares? Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. In general, like, all right, yeah, times have changed. Things are more expensive. Okay, we'll raise the price $5 after 10 years of having it or something like that. Sure, Netflix is doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, every it happens in every company. But the fact that they're raising the price and taking stuff away. That's what I was about to say, too. Yeah, like, so it's not enough that they're raising the price. Yeah. And if you hear out loud, you get $20 a year. Who cares? But they're also taking away your 10% off... <sighs> You're 10% off pre-owned and is leaving, it's leaving to be replaced by a $5 reward certificate per month that does not roll over. So every single month, uh, you're going to get a $5 gift card, basically. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a $5 gift card. That's it for the month with your $20 a month or your $20 a year. You have to stop saying that. And it doesn't roll over. So it's not like you save up those $5 rewards. They just stop working and it expires the month. So basically, if you get $5 a month. You get $5 a month, but only $5 a month. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. With a 10% discount, right, mm -hmm. you use that to build up. You saved way more than $5 a month. Yeah. I see where GameStop thought this was a good idea. Like, oh, yeah, they get free money every month. Who... How can you go wrong? And you can't let it roll over because if yeah. people do that, I can see where that where they would be losing money at that point. Yeah, um, but they're already bleeding money. I know. Yeah. Um. I under I, I see where they're coming from. I just don't think any of it is a good idea. If you're gonna raise the price, mm -hmm. keep it the same for a couple months. Yeah. Well, don't let people see that you're doing all of this all at once. Yeah. Raise the price, keep it the way it was for six more months, mm -hmm. and then change it so people don't realize that they have anything to do with each other, at least. Well, that's the thing. This change is now in beta. Like, it's only to, like, a certain amount of people or a certain amount okay. of regions. But, of course, it leaked out and saying, like, hey, this is in beta. They're planning to roll it out. Yeah. And that's the thing. I recommend you do not buy this pro membership because no. it sounds like... This is a desperate attempt to stop bleeding money. Yeah, they're trying to save as much money as they possibly can so they can stay in business. Yeah, uh, this is their desperate attempt, unfortunately. And if you work at GameStop, please find another job, like somewhere, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. It is. It like, is. Like, GameStop has been a staple 
yeah in the gaming community forever like yeah i love my time at gamestop i love yeah like i didn't love the company i really loved like the friends that i worked with but and you it, like it, the community you like your yeah. the people you your co-workers and the people who came in for the most part yeah totally uh but that's just it it's just that you can tell now that gamestop not just now but like for like six months now yeah but that's the thing. Uh, they're they're raising the price and taking away value, and it's just yeah. kind of like the last attempt to like try to stay afloat mm-hmm. at this point. So unfortunately, GameStop's about to go. But who knows? Maybe this will work. Yeah, maybe this is just one step in. Yeah, a big process they have. Who knows? It really is. Who knows? I don't really know, but who knows? I hope they figure it out. Yeah. Because I don't want people to lose their jobs. Yeah. That and so many stores and companies are closing anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. it would just be sad to see another company go down. Dress Barn is closing down. I know. We should go so I can get discounted stuff. Or we can jump into our final segment. Talkie time every single week. We, We like to take a certain gaming topic and just talk about it for a half hour or so. Uh, and just to, you know, have a nice little pleasant conversation about said topic. Said topic? Said topic. So this week, we or last week, I should say, last week we had an episode 50, Ask Us Anything. And one of the questions we didn't really get to was, what's your favorite gaming memory? Right? Mm-hmm. And I really started to think about that. And instead of answering what's our favorite gaming memories, let's really talk about, like, how do video games create memories or like just talking about video games make memories yeah so let's talk about that for a little bit uh and that first first thing i want to talk about is you know first setting a tone we do understand that movies and books and all sorts of other entertainment medias they can bring memories too Mm -hmm. right uh and let's talk about that for a little bit like just some movie and book memories that we have um when you said movies, the first thing that popped into my head was um, my family didn't have a lot of money growing up. There were five of us and things to do with five people cost a lot. Yeah. Um, so we would see one movie a year mm-hmm. and that was Harry Potter. Yeah. And that was our big family movie time. Yeah. Every year we would go see Harry Potter in theaters. Um, except for the one time my mom invited my friend Jesslyn. Mm-hmm. who i was i was really mad my mom invited her like i got very i had anxiety as a child and i got very anxious when my mom invited jesslyn and it was very anxiety filled night um so i didn't like that but then the second time an outsider came was when adam came saw harry potter with us which that was okay i was okay with that yeah <laughs> but yeah that was that's one of my big mm-hmm. movie memories was we saw harry potter together as a family every year and I remember uh, I had the Dark Knight like uploaded, like the digital digital version uploaded onto my iPod Mini with a tiny little screen. Oh my goodness! And so I would watch the Dark Knight all the time in school. Like I would bring it together, and me and my friends would just gather into like homeroom, and we would just watch like little snippets of it until we had to go to the next period, and then we would just like watch another snippet and stuff. So it was like kind of like a movie day, and we would always watch the Dark Knight. I've seen that movie twenty times at this point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're not trying to say though, like that movies and books and all these other formats of entertainment don't make memories, but we want to talk about 
that games give you memories too. And specifically because video games put you almost physically, right? Mm -hmm. Mentally into another world. Mm -hmm. you're, you're making memories in another universe, right? So I believe that video games are a shared experience. They're a shared experience uh, with your friends, your families, your loved ones. And I know it sounds cheesy here, but but it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's a shared experience. You're doing missions together, right? You're, you're going on an adventure. You're you're completing missions, uh, or you're comparing story outcomes of of certain story games, mm -hmm. or or you're figuring out how to level up your character even more, right? It's this shared experience that this communal. Just like what Jim Ryan said, that the game community is almost tribal in this way. Yeah. Right. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, do you have any like specific gaming memories you have with your sisters? Um, not like with my sisters. I remember my older sister, my younger sister, would always play Super Monkey Ball Two together on the GameCube. Yeah. They were obsessed with it, and I absolutely hated that game. Yeah. Don't ask me why. I'm sorry if you really enjoyed it, but my sisters loved that game, and maybe that's why I hated it because I hated that I was the yeah, like I didn't play with them. Like they always played together. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I have no idea. Maybe they played it together because I hated it. I don't remember. Yeah. But I just remember my sisters always playing that game. That and um, do you remember the backyard games for the computer? I think so. Backyard baseball. Oh, backyard yeah, yeah, soccer. backyard. Yeah. I loved those games. And my little sister, my cousin, every time my cousin came over, they would sit at the computer and play backyard soccer or backyard baseball. Like they they spent so much time mm -hmm. planning their team and their name and the, and the color. It was so funny. They, yeah. they would spend hours playing that game. Um, I have a lot of video game memories like that. Yeah, and it's those times where you like you really bond with your family there. Like mm -hmm. you, you really have some times where it's like competition and just enjoying a game. Like you, you told me that you loved Glover as a kid. I liked no, I liked Glover. I loved um, Ready to Rumble. Yeah, Ready to Rumble. I was really good at Ready to Rumble until I came. Until I met you. Yeah, and I don't like to play with you. Yeah, because I'm too good. Whatever, I beat everyone else. <laughs> As well as uh, Mario Kart and uh, all that. Yeah. Like, I came to the mix, cracked my knuckles, like... Yeah, like, I was so good at all of them. Like, yeah. I, I, I was pretty good. Like, I beat most of my family or anyone I played. And then Adam came over. Yeah. And I was like, forget it. I'm not playing with you. <laughs> and I was like, you're not allowed to play anymore. That was 10 years ago. Over 10 years ago now. When we played it? Yeah, when I first came into your life. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> cheesy anyways uh it was so cheesy it was like a lasagna no that was bad dag anyways <laughs> but yeah uh i i wrote down in my notes here like i remember really connecting with my cousin in virginia mm -hmm. uh tommy when we when there was one week because i would i would stay down in virginia for like a couple weeks and there was like a couple days within those weeks where we beat Gears of War at the hardest mode. I can't remember what the mode is called, but like the most difficult mode. And that's all we did for like the next couple of days. Like his, his little uh, his little brothers wanted to come in and play. We're like, no, we're trying to beat this. And it, like we actually did. It was so awesome. Yeah. And I remember my other cousins like Zach and uh, Tara, like we would have the Xbox in, in our grandparents' basement. We would play Crimson Skies together. Uh, so that was really cool. It was just like a really good bonding time where yeah. we where we competed against each other or did missions together right yeah and i think that's what 
makes it so memorable. I think that's why you have so many memories with your loved ones is because you're sharing another world, another galaxy with your friends and families, right? Mm -hmm. And you're also competing in a way that you can't outside, right? Mm -hmm. So even with sports games, right? Mm -hmm. Like especially sports games, right? Like I can go outside and like uh, play one-on-one with my cousin Zach, right? But it's another thing to slam dunk on him as Michael Jordan while he's playing Scottie Pippen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, also nice for people who don't have that athletic ability. Right. You know, like, of course, my two sisters who played soccer up until college would beat me playing soccer outside in a yard. But maybe in a video game, I'd have a chance. But maybe in FIFA, <laughs> I can kill you. <laughs> but that's that's that what probably I, not. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's why you create so many memories with each other because you're you're sharing an experience, you're sharing a world with each other. The other the other thing that you can really count on is like when you're kids, right? And you have very little repercussions in your life. Yeah. Very little consequences. There's consequences, like um, you know, your mother's beating you with an with a cast iron pan. Um, I didn't happen to me. But I love you, mom. Uh, but those moments as kids where you just stayed up all night, like trying to beat a game with your friends or like just really competing against each other uh, in that way. And there's like zero repercussions of like waking up the next morning and like you go to school and you just sleep on the desk and you're just like and fear's like, oh, wake up. Like, no, I was playing Halo. Get off me. And then, you know, then suing happens. But what? huh? Anyways. But it's it's those nights where you're you're yeah. spending as kids and you're just like really making some cherished memories, mm-hmm. right? And I think the most memories I have was when I was a kid and I could just play hours of video games with my friends and uh, have very little repercussions happen yeah. next time. Now, as an adult, the repercussions is not having the money to buy more video games because I was uh, fired because I slept in too many days playing halo um did you ever have that moment as a kid where you just like had like late nights um usually only watching tv i didn't stay up playing video games no no but there was a game that i played for hours what's that that was sims on the gamecube tell us about that um it was the right it was just regular sims Mm -hmm. but the console version of sims Mm -hmm. when i was younger wasn't like it is now because remember when i got sims 4 for the xbox and i was like oh this is exactly like yeah on well when you had it on a console you were kind of forced into a story mode which not a lot i think that's something i forget a lot is that in sims you in in like the first and second one it, you could choose to just do your own thing or you could join the story mode where you just made mm-hmm. a person and it put you in the story. Um, but for the GameCube, I only had the option of story mode most, I think. Yeah. Um, and I used to, I, I remember the first time I got it, I played it. And then my mom's like, it's dinner time. I'm like, it's been five hours. Like, yeah. I played it from noon to five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would play that game forever. Like, I would just keep going and going and going and playing. That was your Skyrim. It was. Yeah. And um, 
you could play two player. Mm-hmm. And I remember my friend Elena, she, <laughs> we still talk about this and she's still mad at me. Yeah. But when we would play it together, so when you enter the story mode, there was a male and a female. Now, when I played by myself, I just played the female and the male was the co-person that mm-hmm. I, you know, lived with. But when you played two pe- played two people playing Sims mm-hmm. on GameCube, one of uh, one of you had to be the girl, one of you had to be the man. Yeah. And so my friend, I always made my friend Elena be the boy. Yeah. Because I wanted to be the girl. Yeah. So. Yeah. Dag. Rip. Oh, no, wait. I got that wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. You made a person yeah. and you lived with the male and female. Uh, so Lane, we would both make girls, but I made <coughs> Elena be a lesbian because I wanted to be with. I wanted to have a relationship with a man. Rip. Anyways, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you made Elena a lesbian. In Sims. Oh, my goodness. And she's still, she's still like, you always made me take the girl. And the girl in the game was not a nice person. Yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, so that's the thing. It's just like you, you experience that. Like, it's one thing to stay up watching a TV show. Yeah. It's just like, oh, remember that scene? But, like you you are in that world with yeah. them you know and that and that's what makes it so memorable much more memorable than than movies because it's the same scene over and over again but with a video game it's another uh story outcome or uh you know making your friends not what they are i guess <laughs> um but it's those moments that you really cherish in life and that's why i think and i have this topic down I think games should be made to build relationships and not profits. Yeah. This is a hard topic to talk about, though, because a game still needs to be profitable. Yes. It still needs to make you money, right? Um, Another thing I was talking about on Quentin's podcast was, you know, talking about how, or we we were just talking about this before we recorded, uh, how, you know, this podcast, and we talked about this on our 50th episode where, we want to give hope to people. And we want to give it a more meaningful depth to it. You know, we're not really focusing on making this like profitable, but someday we're going to need, you know, money to keep going. Yeah. But right now, it, it, today is not that day. Uh, but today that's, we still work for free. <laughs> woohoo. <laughs> Uh, but that's the thing, though. It's just like we understand that game developers still need to make a profit. Mm-hmm. They still need to make money to put food on their tables for little baby Billy. Uh, but at the same time, to only focus on the profits. And I think that's what yeah. Anthem did. Anthem only focused on how much profit it could get and not the relationships it should have yeah. built. Right. So so do you agree with that? Like, what, what are your thoughts on, on this topic? No, I agree. I don't think anyone should do anything just for the money. And I mean, right. and we've talked about this when we were dating, when we were talking about our future of what we wanted yeah. for our future. And we always said that we don't care if we have no money. We want to be happy. Yeah, totally. Um, So I don't think anyone should really do like anything. Yeah, sh- should really do anything for just for the money. And I think. Yes, it it is a um, driving tool to help to be like, all right, once I do this, mm-hmm. we'll have the money. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it should be their focus. I think their focus should be on the people that these games affect. Like you see how Xbox mm-hmm. or Microsoft is making these um, controllers for people who yes. are disabled 
<laughs> and need a specific controller to m- for them to be able to play games, you see them like they're building the community. They're including people who otherwise couldn't yeah. play or play with their friends. Um, so I think that's what the focus should be is to grow the community, mm-hmm. open it to everyone and allow those relations to happen. That's why it would be awesome if mm-hmm. all games were, um, oh, what's I'm missing. I'm losing the word. All games were accessible or all no. games were like priorities and um, relationships. The platforms and you can play cross platform. Yes. Yes. Multi. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like uh, where where it's just like you you can can play Fortnite on your Xbox with someone who's playing on PlayStation. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it would be nice if that happened one day where you can have whatever console you want, but still be able to play with your friends. Yeah, totally. I just think the focus should be more on every getting everyone able to play. Anyone who's interested in playing, being able to play. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is it's like I, I think the the focus should be continuing on having everyone play like with each other, sharing these mm-hmm. experiences, going on these missions. We need more couch co-op back. Thank you also. Well, that too. Yeah, honestly, because yeah, couch co-op. And that's the thing. Most people who aren't really focusing on games, like why isn't there more couch co-op? And if you don't know what couch co-op is, uh, couch co-op is where like you can sit on a couch, you can hand your controller to your friend and you can play the game together. Yeah, basically your only option when we were younger. Yeah. The only option to play with other people when we were younger was couch co-op. Yeah. And now there's no more of that. And it's only online multiplayer. Yeah. Why is that? It's because then the the companies can make more of a profit because now your friend has to buy another system and buy another copy of the game. I just thought of an amazing idea. What's the amazing idea? Is life is strange uh-huh. as a couch co-op. Whereas if it was Whoa. season one, one could play Max and one could play Chloe. That would be amazing. The brownies were legal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I did have a piece today, but I didn't. But that was like at ten o'clock this morning. Made with vegan butter. Made with vegan butter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so please, uh, like, spend time with your friends and families with a controller. Play co-op. Uh, like, uh, you know, watch each other take turns playing a game. Yeah, you know, build memories with these games. Build memories with these universes, right? And here's the other thing. When we talk about couch co-op, the last note I have here is that, yes, couch co-op is still not really a thing. Uh, Halo Infinite said that they will have couch co-op. So, whoop, whoop, Halo. Uh, But the new Halo Infinite will have couch co-op. Whoop, whoop. Uh, But here's the thing. We still did the whole raise the roof thing. Raise the roof. It was just so funny. Raise the covenant. Um... (laughs) But yeah, so even though there's no couch co-op, there's still online capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. You can still play with your friends. You can still build memories. I still remember when I first moved out to Lancaster, when I like when I went from Philadelphia to Lancaster, and I didn't really connect with my friends, but we connected through Rainbow Six Siege, mm-hmm. and we we played a lot online, and uh, we we talked, we caught up, and we we just talked yeah. through online uh, co-op, and that's uh, that's a memory that I always share that like. In Lancaster, when we weren't really making a lot of friends at the time, Mm -hmm. we still had friends, you know, through video gaming, right? And that's why gaming makes so much memories, 
mm-hmm. it's a shared experience with another universe and you get to uh, do missions with each other and, and share what's what's going on in your stories. Right. Yeah. Especially with Life is Strange. Yeah. If you haven't played Life is Strange yet, please, please do. Like we you, should, can we make it like a rule? Yeah. That you can't listen to this podcast unless you play Life is Strange. Yeah. So I will be writing down everybody who hasn't played Life is Strange and uh, you are um, banned from the <laughs> podcast. Like, I don't know how anyone has listened who has listened yeah. to all 50, now 51 episodes of yeah. this podcast. If you haven't played Life is Strange yet, I think we failed yeah, as our, podcasters. Our third episode was about a Life is Strange. Yep. It's it about Captain Spirit. Yep. Yeah. We uh, love Life Strange in this house. Exactly. And that's why we always do a Life is Strange episode because that's the other thing. We build memories through yeah, Life is Strange. That's what got me into gaming. So it is a very important game in our life. Yeah. And we, we share the experiences. We we share the story outcomes. And we, we talk about how we did this. How did you do that? And, you know, we, we really collaborate there. And I And then afterwards, I talk with... Uh, the greatest story ever played podcast and we talk about our shared experiences mm-hmm. so it's really building memories yeah. through games right yeah. uh and i can't say it enough but video games should be focused on making memories and not just you buying them and playing them and just putting them down no make some memories with them yeah. really enjoy it really get into the world that these developers have uh made for you and just really just uh smell the virtual roses here you know, I just imagine someone like doing what I do for movies, like gathering up all their snacks yeah, and getting all comfy in their seat and they're just grabbing their controller and playing a video game with all their surrounded by all their favorite snacks. My goodness. That sounds really lovely. And I hope someone does that. Wow. And share it. I like it. Uh, so I guess closing off with our last couple minutes, do you have any other really good gaming memories that you have to answer the question that we didn't get to? Um, <coughs> one that I will always remember, I think, is so growing up, we had, I named them off. We had the Nintendo, we had the GameCube, we had mm-hmm. a Wii. And then one point, my dad found his um, old Sega mm-hmm. Genesis. And we had all these games, and we had this Aladdin game that we all loved to play. Yeah. We, we really oh, enjoyed it. We were game. not very good at it, but we. No one was. But my mom was. Mm-hmm. My mom was very good at that game. Yeah. And one day, just one day, it only happened once, we came home from school and my mom was in the basement playing the Aladdin game. Mm-hmm. Now, no one knows my mom, but my mom is not a video game player. Not at all. Um, she really only ever played that game other than Sims. Like, she does a lot of design games and things like that, but... Outside of Aladdin, she didn't play it, and she really only played it a couple times when we were playing it as a family mm-hmm. when we first got it. But that first day, but that day, we came home and <laughs> just walked in. My mom was sitting in the basement, which was our playroom. Like this wasn't a room my mom hung out in. Yeah, playing Aladdin on the Sega Genesis. That was just so funny, mm-hmm. and I will never forget it. Um, I think one memory, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but. Growing up, like I grew up with uh, with a single mom, and at, at this church that we went to, uh, we they they had a single mom's group, and what they did was they brought all of their kids. Luckily, like it was all uh, sons, so we were all just like a bunch of guys uh, playing video games all night, like, and it wasn't really awkward. And what I say important, like, oh, luckily it's a bunch of guys. 
we were teenagers and we were super awkward. So like if there was like a girl in the room, I'd be like, Ugh, you all would have died. Yeah. What do I do? Um, but that's the thing, though. It's like we we're just like a bunch of kids who had the same kind of life situation where we were growing up with uh, with a single mom. And uh, I would bring my Xbox with me and we would just play Halo 2 and Madden. Like until the meeting ended, and even when it ended, we're like, no, 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 one more round. Go, go, talk about your problems a little bit more. Oh my goodness! And so we really built a bond. Yeah. Just through gaming, like yeah, like we had similar life situations, but like we really bonded through Halo Two. Yeah. Um, and Madden, uh, to the point, and I share this story all the time. Uh, I wasn't a Christian until I was seventeen, and there's a couple different reasons why. But one of the reasons was like really bad youth pastors. <laughs> and that's why I'm a youth pastor today. But I remember we were playing Madden this one time. And there's this one like guy who was supposed to like supervise us, I guess. Supervise slash mentor. Yeah. And so I guess they asked him to do like, like do a Bible study. And so we were playing Madden. And he's like, um, hey, guys, how about we uh, turn off the Xbox and, you know, maybe do a little Bible study? And we're like, mm nah man let's not he's like i think we should no don't no stop that and he gets up and he turns off the xbox and he's like okay so if you can turn your bibles we're like good luck with getting our attention now. yeah i was like dude you're about to die uh but it was just those times where like we really shared that that moment with each other and like it was all through gaming right like yeah. that's all we did all night uh, until the the meeting finished, and you know, I built some really close friendships through that. Yeah, you know? and your story reminded me of one more of my stories. Yeah, I didn't realize how many video game memories I had. Um, on the I don't know why this was a thing, but on the Nintendo sixty four there was a power button, power switch, mm -hmm. and a reset button. Yes, I don't know why, why? or who decided that there should oh. be a reset button on this thing, but my cousin. From like a from the day we got it till the day we stopped like we moved mm -hmm. on to the GameCube, this child would always come up and press the reset button while we were playing a game. Yeah. This was like it was like his life goal. Yeah. To press this reset button while we were playing it. Yeah. And I don't know why. But this was my cousin Ryan. Yeah, I know. He would always in the middle of the game, he'd be like, Guys, I wanna play reset. Yeah. And I'm like Oh my gosh, I wanted to kill this kid every time he did it. And he was old enough to understand. Like, he was at least five. Yeah. Like, we we're like, Ryan, don't press it. Like, there were times where we were like, Ryan, don't press it. Don't press the button. He was like, reset. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Whoever made that button. Yeah. I, I want to know why. I really want to know why that was included in this console. Why? Um, I'm going to give one last game memory and then we'll close out. Okay. Um, so I remember back in college, like Assassin's Creed 2 was like my game. Like I loved Assassin's Creed 2. And if you don't love Assassin's Creed 2, if you played it and you're like, ah, I didn't like it. You're not my friend anymore. But I still remember in my college dorm, we had my Xbox 360 uh, sitting in the dorm. And we also had the PS3 hooked up to another TV. And I had my Assassin's Creed 2 and there was the uh, PS3 Assassin's Creed 2. And me and my one friend Colin uh, one time. We just didn't go to classes and we're like, dude, I'm going to start my Assassin's Creed 2 and you start yours at the same time. We're just going to both play Assassin's Creed 2 just at the same time. Not even just racing. We're just like, uh, I'm going to play Assassin's Creed 2 on this one. You want to play Assassin's Creed 2 on that were one? Were you guys sitting next to each other? Yeah, totally. Okay, I just want to make sure, like, were you in the same yeah, room? Yeah, we were 
Um, yeah, we, like... were, we were in the common area. Okay. And we were just, that's, that's what we did. Like we really, I think that's the first time I really connected with Colin was just like, we were just playing Assassin's Creed 2 together and we were just talking and then we were also doing like Italian accents like, Hey, Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was most awesome. of Adam's phases were powered by the different themes of Assassin's Creed. Hey, I'm a pirate. Hey, Oh, pirate. Oh dear. It's a pirate's life. Anyway, so I think time this, to wrap up. Yeah, I think this is a good time to wrap things up. Thank you, Liz, uh, for wrapping the, the podcast. <laughs> so we just remind you again to follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, but you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you can follow us individually and become friends with us and give me more followers than Liz has. Uh, but also you can talk oh. to me. You don't have to just talk to Adam. You can talk to you me. You can talk to me. Exclusively me. Uh, I'm, I'm an only child and I need attention. So <laughs> Instagram. Uh, the Instagram is Games Groceries, all one word. Check out our website, powered by Radio Public. You can hear all of our podcasts. You can read the articles that I read. Like I said, I wrote an article about three important lessons that I've learned uh, after doing 50 episodes. So you can go check out that article. Uh, look forward to our E3 episodes. We're doing part one the Monday after and then part two on the Wednesday after. And then finally, just again, just to remind you, I was a guest on the greatest story, uh, the greatest, greatest story. show on dirt, the greatest show on dirt. See, it's funny. I had a guest, the greatest story, and I was a guest on the greatest show. So I get them mixed up now. We need one more. Yeah, we need one more. You need a trifecta. Yeah. We watched the greatest showman. We did. Yeah. So I was a guest on the greatest show on dirt podcast. Definitely go check that out. And we talked about Phillies baseball, food, video games. So it was a really hoot. It was, it was, a, it hoot. was a hoot. It was a hoot. <laughs> I did it back to back. So my mind is fried. So let's just end it here. We thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Go make some gaming memories with your friends, with your families, with your dogs. Do it, you know, make some gaming memories with your dogs. So Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. We hope to have you back in next week's episode. Have a good week. Bye.